every company we talk to has said this is great this technology this concept is great and we need that i have not seen a company that says like you know well i don't need that i want to put humans behind it welcome to the authentically successful show i'm carol schultz founder and ceo of vertical elevation a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm we partner with founders and ceos to create talent-centric organizations either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Ozan Bilgen, founder and CEO of Base64 AI, a cutting-edge AI that understands and extracts data from all types of documents. Ozan is really excited to talk to us today about the no-code revolution, where everyone becomes a programmer, even me. <laughs> and, you know, he can talk about how AI automation will change office life, which has been demonstrated with Base64. He's all about sharing his expertise and teaching others how tech solutions like this can make people's business and personal lives easier. Ozan, welcome to the show. Carol, great to meet you here. Thanks for having me. So tell me what the biggest problem is that Base64 is solving for its clients. So there, every company in this world they have to deal with documents, whether it's an invoice, mm -hmm. uh, receipt, a form, you know, if they accept users, there's, you know, they need to take driver licenses and so forth. And there is there was no AI that can read this. So it was only human uh, on the task. So you had right. to hire people to, to go through those documents. And when it comes to, you know, hiring employees, they, you know, the, the work hours are limited. So you need to hire, mm -hmm. keep hiring more people. It's very expensive and relatively slow as com compared to an instant document processing AI. So that's, you know, our genesis of our idea of how can we build this AI that can understand documents so, you know, employees can work on more fun things than manual data entry. Right. Well, and you're in a pretty competitive market with, with that. So what is it that you're doing differently? The main promise of what we are doing is that we want to build a building block of document processing. So if, if any company needs ever document processing, they know where to go to. Today, the market is super fragmented. There are companies that do, you know, invoices from the US or driver license from Europe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's there's this and that, and that's just a little bit of each of them. Mm -hmm. So that is a big problem when it comes to, you know, document automation, because first of all, you don't even know what type of documents people are uploading. And, uh, you know, then you need to find like the different vendors maybe, and then you work with them and work how they want to work with you and the pricing and etc everything mm -hmm. could be like in a different here in basic c4 ai we are one solution for all types of documents okay any user can come in and upload a driver license or in an invoice or you know any form that they want to and we can actually tell you what type of document you're looking at what the data is in there and so forth so it's a unique uh, ubiquitous solution for all types of documents okay that is the biggest promise of your hiring. okay so you were founded in january 2020 almost three years ago um and you are, are now have a closed seed round at 1.8 million i know you're working towards your a round now yes it sounds like, you know, when you talk about uh, being able to process more documents 
and different types of documents through AI. That's what has investors probably excited about your company, yeah? That's correct. So, you know, the, the problems in this industry is pretty obvious. This is why uh, still over 99% of the com- uh, documents are processed manually. Wow. There, there was no good solution uh, that addresses the thing. And we came up with like new neural network models, new deep learning models that addresses the solution um, as compared to like, you know, the historical rudimentary methods such as, you know, NLP and regular expressions and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that is the, the game changing uh, technological breakthrough that we were able to accomplish here the second thing is this is an internet scale company that means we can scale up uh, as many as clients we have there's nothing that uh, there's no ceiling for us Got we it. can process all the documents and obviously when we stop processing the documents we can mm-hmm. do intelligent things with them like validation evaluation or you know mm-hmm. Uh, charting like you know seeing like if you're getting mm-hmm. the right rates or better rates as compared to like uh, six mm-hmm. months ago and so forth so we can add business intelligence on top of it too right why is document processing such a problem why is it such a challenge to get it figured out if uh, if the only solution is using a human uh, as a you know uh, as an engine uh, then you'll have like you know a lot of problems so first of all hiring is a big problem for every company mm-hmm. um you know, finding the right talent, keeping them motivated, right. you know, both financially, mm-hmm. emotionally, and career-wise is a, is a challenge for every manager ever. Uh, the second thing is, you know, people want to work from eight to five or just eight, you know, nine to six, yeah. however you want to call it. And Anchors that, hours. beyond that hours, <laughs> you don't have people, right? So you don't have people all the weekend. Yeah. And that's not how the world works. So right. We are in a connected global world. Right. Everything happens, you know, you know, to yeah. four seven, right? Um, and the third thing is like, you know, once actually like inherently we are a very bad um, you know, engine. So we learn all those things throughout our life. We get experience, we gain experience, we gain like knowledge. And on the peak of our like, you know, experience and knowledge, we actually have to retire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, all those things like, you know, we learn is actually not very useful anymore. So now p- new people have to pick up. Like every doctor has to be trained individually <laughs> and like learn their profession, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if you think about it, it's pretty, pretty inefficient. But with AI, we can train it like, you know, once and like, you know, get the best learnings out of it. And, you know, keep retraining and you know, scientifically improve the, the process. Got it. So you are, uh, in case anybody's wondering where that accent came from, you're originally from Turkey. Um, yes. You have more than 20 years experience in software engineering and management um, and right. have worked with, you know, a lot of very well-known companies, beginning with Microsoft, Netflix, PayPal, and Uber. Um, how did you, I want to ask you two questions here. One, how did you come up with realizing that this was a problem that needed to be solved? First of all, actually my, my latest experience at Uber was like the, the breaking point for me at that point. Um, I was a manager for driver payments team Okay, and we were not able to pay drivers because they were entering their bank account information wrong. And it was a significant number, especially with newer drivers. Yeah. And, you know, when a new driver comes to the system, they don't really knew you were back then that much. Uh, and they were thinking like, you know, well, this company is scamming us. They're not paying us. In fact, it was actually their account number was wrong. Oh, my God. Uh, it's like, you know, just little digits that it matters, you know, obviously mm-hmm. when it comes to paying. Um, later, 
I become the technical leader of the Uber's leasing department, exchange leasing program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to take in, you know, driver licenses, insurance cards, uh, registration, whatever they have, and then we had to go through contracts, uh, leasing contracts, and also ensure those contracts, you know, matches the title and the win and you know the driver license mm-hmm. and so forth. So it was a cross document basically uh, verification. There was nothing but humans that can do it. We had you know, hundreds of people in the Philippines, Manila, uh, and hundreds of people in Phoenix, Arizona. They were going day and night over those documents. That was a crazy scene to see that. Um, when I saw the video, we were like, I wish there was a system where I can just send any document that tells me what type of document I'm looking at, like what information is in there, so mm-hmm. I can just build this beautiful product so that can automate it. Well, years later, we realized there's still nobody doing that. Um, and I basically did it. This is basically for AI. Now it can process all types of documents. Fantastic. So, so, of course, I always have to stop and mention this at this point that, you know, I, I firmly believe in my 30 years of working with startups primarily, the lowest common denominator. I mean, there's many other things that have you be successful, but you cannot be successful if you're not solving a problem that people need to be solved, period. Absolutely. Well, I will add to that, like, you know, you have to solve a problem that you solve yourself. Exactly. And that's often how people come up with it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, the innovation comes where where things become super annoying and you, you have no other choice but actually, like, you know, fixing it yourself. Right. Exactly. What's the accuracy of your processing thus far and, you know, almost three years in? Well, so we process over 900 different document types, including right. like, you know, handwriting and multiple And this is forms. why I ask, right. But the, yeah. yeah. And, you know, also, as well as like, you know, when it comes to much more simpler documents, types like driver licenses, passports and so forth. So it, it varies by that. Well, we keep the fourth on like, you know, most documents from over 99% and the awesome. license like you know, 98. So it's actually super duper accurate. Mm-hmm. As like you know, as it comes like you know, the, the where the market is today. Today it's about like you know about seventy percent. About what? When, come, when you look at the when you look at the competition, the the average increase is about like seventy percent. Wow! So we moved it to like you know ninety eight percent. This is why you That's know impressive. a lot of companies they we hear this a lot in our meetings that we tried a lot of things. You guys are much better. That's you know makes it mm-hmm. you know puts a smile on us in the in the sales meetings. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about how you are finding your prospects. So, are you, is it outbound? Is it inbound? Is it a combination of both? What are you actually doing to find business? Basically, we try everything. So, you know, we do outbound, we do email marketing, we find like an industry, we find the leaders in those industries, we find their emails, we create an email campaign, we're explaining ourselves. There's multi-sequence things, so you need to have about like 20 touch points with them, including emails, mm-hmm. newsletters, uh, phone calls if needed. So we, we monitor like if they're looking at their emails, opening and reading it, you know, forwarding it and so forth. So we are pretty, you know, into... Uh, understanding their behavior and mm-hmm. how they're reacting. Mm-hmm. We do A-B testing on those emails. So that's how we approach an industry from uh, in a cold you know, uh, approach perspective. We go a lot of conferences. Uh, we go there and exhibit them. We sponsor events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and then other things we do is like 
Yeah, you know, these podcasts are new for yep. us, and we have a social media that's growing. Good. Uh, so we try to be all over the place. We press. We we have a blog. I recommend everybody to come read day64i.com/news. Mm-hmm. Uh, we post about AI, but also our new features. Um, so yeah, so we try like you know basically multi-dimension approach on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. And also ads are helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's another thing we use. Got it. So have you, you know, when, when you have the opportunity to actually meet with a prospect, right? Talk to that person where you are currently, what's your close rate? Well, it really depends on, uh, on the situation, but I could tell you a few more, like more interesting things than like, you know, the ratios, every company we talk to has said, this is great this technology this concept is great right. and we need that uh, right. i have not seen a company that says like you know well i don't need that i want to put humans behind it and you know, right okay. and that, that's why i asked right. like so and i'm curious it, not as a criticism if it's lower but to to find out what it is that might be stopping them right. after they say all that right. right it's always like a when question so sometimes like you know they're in a burning need and they're like oh you came in the right moment we were talking about yesterday that yeah, sales goes like everything. you know yeah. in under a month uh yeah and sure. that's like you know pretty high rate sometimes like you know they're just like you know they're just shopping around they're looking at like what's around to talk about you know uh, internally about like you know their next year plans uh we have deals that closed in one and a half years uh, but there was a big deal with a bank uh, we yeah. had to visit the bank, uh, we like five <laughs> times in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we deployed our solution for free as a POC for six months. They compared us against everybody mm-hmm. in the world, like, you know, from the iPad to IBM to Microsoft and like even Got like it. players in this industry that, you know, they're not that popular, but uh, mm-hmm. we went through over like you know, 10 different, you know, comparison and we, we, we beat them. And that's, that was, a, that was amazing and exciting process it was you know uh, one and a half years is a long process to close maybe but that is um that was our first bank client so you know being fresh in an, in an industry or in a world uh yeah. makes things like you know go a little longer sometimes uh but mm-hmm. having like you know maybe a few banks under our you know umbrella well we are hoping like mm-hmm. you know, i'm gonna make the next month uh exactly you know, jump on the uh, ai board right yeah yeah that's fantastic and what what's your revenue model look like is it per seat is it based on the number of employees the number of documents what does that look like yeah, I mean, we try to be like very, very customer centric on that one. Um, you know, you just mentioned, when you mentioned like, you know, per seat, like, you know, there are a lot of companies that charge per seat or per company yep. employee number. That's just crazy. Like that isn't the problem we are solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are solving like, you know, how many documents we have. Uh, you know, we price price based on that. Got it. Uh, we price based on the value that we are adding to the company. Mm-hmm. So in fact, like, you know, we have implementing very, like, you know, ordinary models like you know per page for you know per document pricing mm-hmm. uh but we also have like an unlimited pricing for larger institutions right. where they can like you know just come in and like you know pay as a fixed price yearly and just and you know, enjoy the want. technology to the yeah. end we do want them to use it we do want them to overuse it so it's, that's actually something i learned at netflix like they you know i was like very curious like you know you want 
people to watch it, but as much as they watch it, you're going to pay more, you know, licensing fees. And um, our, that C- our CEO that like read straight, they said like, you know, hey, we actually want that. <laughs> we want them to use us more, we want them to watch us more. And the more they watch, the more they're going to like Netflix, and the more they're going to like, you know, uh, offer Netflix and you come on Netflix to other uh, mm-hmm. people around that. And mm-hmm. that is pretty much with us with Document Project. There's so much to do. So if they, if they buy us and they don't use us, we actually don't like that. <laughs> we want them to use mm-hmm. us or, you know, even use us more than what they what their coda was. Um, so with that, like you know, we are offering now new models for, uh, for larger institutions, obviously, mm-hmm. that is. Um, that they need to don't they don't need to almost not pay nothing uh, to start with, uh, and then we look at their consumption after six months a year, mm-hmm. and then build them next year for that amount. So if they want to continue, if they don't want to continue, that's okay. Like they don't need to pay anything, mm-hmm. but if they really like it and they want to continue on, then we can like, you know, start building them. Uh, so that's like you know when they see the value, basically. Got it. So, you know, as I mentioned, you've worked for, you know, a a number of very well-known companies, Um, you know, starting out early on, you know, with an internship at IBM, (laughs) right, when you you were still in Turkey. Um, Uh But I'm curious, because this is, of course, your first time as a founder and CEO. I want to spend a little time and talk about, you know, the things that you learned at working for a Microsoft uh, or Netflix, right? You know, Netflix has a very, um, a fairly well-known culture, right? I mean, they pay a lot and they expect you to work a million hours a week, basically, um, you know, in PayPal. And, and I'm curious as to what you've learned working for those other types of companies, what you've learned that you've brought with you and what you've learned that you said, this is not any way, in any way, shape or form the way I want to build my own business. <laughs> no, that's a great. If you're willing question, to talk about it, and you don't have to say what it was, you know which company it was that you learned these <laughs> negative things from, but you know we can always probably we can probably fill in the blanks on those. <laughs> um, well, I'll, let me be honest because that's a very well, uh, direct question. So, yeah, every company has is a good, you know, great parts and parts that they, you know could have improved but you know sometimes when it comes to like you know this long uh, lasting companies it became maybe sometimes chronic uh, that's issues exactly in their correct. company that's why i asked um, yeah and they can't even like you know, fix it but yeah uh, you know working in different companies actually like traveling uh, different cities different countries you see like mm-hmm. you know good parts of it and like you know not so good parts right. of it um and then you end up like you know having uh you know, perspective about the world, right? That's, uh, I've built that perspective about you know, professional life mm-hmm. while working in those things. So certain things that were like, you know, really great about, for instance, IBM and Microsoft was like the relationships they built with the companies. They were like there to build right. very long lasting relationships and they were spending a lot on R&D and uh, they were creating an environment for their employees where they can just literally work like, you know, decades without any major, you know, problems in terms of like, you know, uh, benefits and HR and so forth. Mm-hmm. That is, like, you know, how they were looking at things. New tech companies, for example, Uber, back in the time uh, I joined in 2014, was fresh, pretty fresh. It was a single floor company. Uh, in, 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 and, you know, the 
the motivation was like you know to make it bigger and faster like go fast go big mm-hmm. the, the excitement the, the adrenaline was like super high and and i loved it i thrilled on it because you know it was basically a magnet for every high performer around in the valley at that time mm-hmm. and you know the, the the carrot was also very big the company's valuation was going forex every right. year and it was basically creating a new world a new in a way of like you know uh, doing things uh so that's you know i think very important but it has all, all problems obviously going really fast um it also attracts like you know different type of talent and they were not necessarily uh careful about like you know how they were treating everybody. <laughs> and anybody who's read the news or watched the documentary <laughs> knows <laughs> the problems the cultural issues that travis kalanick built right um i cannot personally blame on it but at the end of the day you're if you're the ceo you're, you're the you ceo get, the, the buck stopped there i'm sorry you know exactly you, you you know and that's where the blame belongs in, in my opinion right but you know we're not here to talk about him we're, we're here to talk about what you've learned uh and then brought forward to your own organization so so right. let's fast forward now you're almost three years into this new gig um yeah. What are some of the mistakes you have made as a CEO along the way? If I were to start this over again, I wouldn't hesitate in scaling certain parts up that slowly. Like I would have hired more people and I would be like, you know, more open to fundraising in the beginning. Like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, on the conservative side of like, you know, fundraising. Mm-hmm. I see, like, you know, competitors are raising a lot more money. Obviously, this gives them some sort of advantage. Mm-hmm. So, um, thinking about, like, you know, that I could bootstrap it for, for a while was mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe noble, but <laughs> was it really necessary? That's a yeah. question. That's fantastic. Um, the other thing is, like, you know, uh, I think we could have, like, you know, work with recruitment agencies more. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time on recruiting and, you know, that that could be like you know a uh, game changer. Now we are changing this, obviously. Yeah, that's something that you know we're working on. Uh, the third thing is like you know I think we should we could exhibit more in conferences, knowing like you know they're actually working for us very well. Wait, wait, I, I didn't catch the last thing you said. We could exhibit more in more conferences. Oh, at, at we could more go conferences. out in public yeah, instead yeah. of like you know trying on Zoom for meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really makes a difference when you shake somebody's hand and say like, oh, hi. I, I, you know? yeah. I mean, I, I, you will not get an argument out of me. You know, everybody, everybody, <laughs> you know, there's been so much, so much written about, oh, you know, we're going hundred percent remote or we want to bring everybody back into the office. And, you know, the reality is, is there is no one solution for everyone. You have to do what's best for your organization um, and what's most effective. And, and, and frankly, it's gotta be what your people need, Right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. if your people if your people feel the need that they're not getting what they need by being home five days a week, well, maybe they come in two days a week, right? Or whatever that might look like. It's just not a one size fits all solution for every company. I mean, it's, there's a there's a big cultural revolution happening. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not sixty eight, but it's right. it's like you know, almost there. There's there's a very different understanding of like what work is, what mm-hmm. employment is, mm-hmm. um, workplace. That that. That word disappeared almost from the dictionary. Yeah. Um, so 
we have to adjust for this new world. We cannot. I don't want to mm-hmm. fight against like yeah, the world, uh, and I don't. I don't want to. Like I want people to feel happy, motivated, right. and you know, one right. thing like you know, everyone in our team says like I'm learning something that makes me very, very happy. That's right. Um, and I'm learning myself the most, I think, mm-hmm. out of this equation. <laughs> and that's, that's what that's why that's that's what makes me wake up at eight AM or till midnight, no worries about it. So feel you feel great about it. Yeah. And that that's- is the motivation uh that people want and need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um your first job here in the States was with Microsoft, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you how did you get here? Well, so I, at that time I was, you know, it was 2006. So I was uh, I finished my bachelor's and master's. Mm-hmm. I was working in this, you know, top research lab in Turkey, and I was a, you know, pretty good at what I was doing. To be honest, I was a, uh, you know, in a, a, you know, academic paper referee at IEEE, so was pretty good in my like you know job uh, you know because mostly because like I actually worked throughout my college life <laughs> uh, build like you know websites and so forth yeah. uh, you know to to get some extra cash mm-hmm. uh, so that added like you know some experience so when I finished you know college I was already a somewhat decent programmer um, so that put me like you know a little bit behind the curve and you know mm-hmm. I heard about that Microsoft is coming to town to hire people and I applied for it and then it turned out to be the the interview went really great and I become the first developer they hired from Turkey. And were you working in Turkey originally, Ozan? No, no, okay. it was straight up to Seattle, Microsoft uh, HQ. Yep. So they were hiring testers before now the developer and I heard after me they are hiring developers, which I'm very low-key proud about it. Uh, and, you know, I went to Microsoft, CLL, you know, new life. And, you know, those mm-hmm. things are obviously easier decisions when I was, when I was 25. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought about the offer. I was like, you know, what if I say no? If, well, I'm not going to get anything. What if I say yes? Well, I, well, I guess I was going to come, come yeah. back, right? Well, <laughs> After 16 it, years, I did not come back. I, you know, yeah. settled here, became a citizen mm-hmm. and super happy to be here. That's I'm super great. grateful to Microsoft for the opportunity. It was a, yeah. it was a very smooth landing. I'm sure. What did you find uh, to be the biggest challenge for you moving from another country? Well, you know, the the biggest challenge was the one that I least thought about. It was a time zone difference. <laughs> it was like, you know, so I'm in New York now. It's just yeah. a little bit better with the CL, the time zone in Turkey was like you know, 10 hours. Oh, yeah. So it's basically basically day and night, like where you're mm-hmm. talking to people, they're in a completely different mindset. Like right. yeah, you're in the morning, you're fresh, right. they're like late in the evening, you know, having a party, drinking, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Like here, yeah, it was it was like a little disconnect uh, there. You can't mm-hmm. just like, you know, get off and go. Right. Um and losing like, you know, your small conveniences is uh is is like, you know, a little thing to adjust. But you know, personality wise I I love exploring new things. So it was, you know, making up for it. <laughs> Got it. So you uh you have fifteen employees now. Tell me a little bit about your talent strategy and where you've where you've seen your biggest challenges. Talent strategy. So I think the what we are looking for is like, you know, the the kind of people like who want to come and change the world, who want mm-hmm. to do the best of their careers, who want to do live the best of their lives and uh, hopefully make the best, uh, you know, money they're going to make too as well. So we we are here for, you know, explorers, innovators mm-hmm. 
who people like you know who already want to walk to the next mile and so yeah. by themselves without us asking that that is the right type mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. who already mm-hmm. started especially here in this one where we are you know we're you know there's a we are fighting the giants here in, in one way like you know there are really large companies that we compete against and we are like ahead in our technological mm-hmm. uh, niche um you know microsoft and this netflix uipad you mm-hmm. know all those like you know big companies they are proposing their solutions and right well at the end of the day like you know side by side comparison we win in that so we want people who are excited about that level mm-hmm. of challenge as a different kind of personality and mentality i think that you know it's attracting more overperformance or overachievers or people who want to be there want to mm-hmm. see themselves like that um when it comes to like you know finding those talent um mm-hmm. the biggest challenge is like you know obviously we want some experience right mm-hmm. we don't we want people like you know to have certain experience about their job but a uh, typical corporate lifestyle uh which where you where people get a lot of experience it actually tarnishes their motivations about like mm-hmm. you know a, a beautiful company that and you know innovative company that they can work about because mm-hmm. all those things like you know people experience in those companies how slow things are how political mm-hmm. the environment are um you know where like when all the decisions are already made you know for you top down yeah. and like you just have to like in order like you know, to do it regardless of your job title this is like you know a motivation killer people basically mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody f- finishes college with a lot of like, you know, emotions, but they like they lose them. Uh, you know, they face with the reality codes, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that is like, you know, the, the biggest challenge. So we we, we see like, you know, oh, that person will be great, but then like, you know, is this will this person actually work in a startup environment? Will this person right. actually like, you know, enjoy the you know challenges while mm-hmm. also you know embracing the you know the shortcomings of a startup right. as compared to a big company. Yeah, yeah, and I, so that I, is I a listen, big problem. Yeah, it, it is a big problem, and that's one of the biggest challenges. Is you know, is is you're not going to take somebody who's been a lifelong giant company person. The probability they'll be successful in a startup is exponentially decreased because they've exactly. been in a they've been in an organization with a ton of infrastructure. I mean, you saw that at the large companies you worked for, right? And that is, that is the biggest problem. Now, on the other side of that is somebody who's maybe only been out of college, let's say for five years, if you find the experience and you're thinking, well, they've, you know, what have they done? They've worked for giant companies. Well, the reality is that somebody may not have had an opportunity to work for a startup yet. And maybe that's really where they do fit. So, you know, it's a matter of really being able to ask them really smart questions around you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked for them in those past jobs or job, right? Isn't. And, and, uh-huh. and actually having them be open about it. So tell me, you know, you worked for XYZ giant company, Oracle. What, you know, what did you like? What didn't you like about it? It's okay. I'm not going to punish you for telling me what you didn't like about it. Because, you know, you're looking to make a be- the best fit you can, Right. And, and, and when people can be honest with you, you can make a better fit. Yeah. Interview is not about tricking each other. It's true about right. like, you know, learning about each other. That's right. um, you know, you can trick me in the interview, but I'll find out what, what's up. Well, of course you will. Months. Yeah. So, yeah. We've just finished uh, an article about this, how interviewing is like dating. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we haven't, it hasn't gone, it hasn't been published yet, but it's, 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 you know, it's, it's very interesting. And it's something that, you know, was one of the very first things I learned in my business 30 years ago which was, you know, Carol, interviewing is just like dating. 
It's a process of learning about each other, right? Do you, do you want to go to the second date? You know, do you want to go to the third date? You know, when, when are you ready to walk down the aisle, so to speak, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the corporate life has a lot of value. I learned a lot from that life, yes. uh, to be honest. But that, you know, I, I managed to keep my excitement and enthusiasm about building something new. And I was mm-hmm. actually super lucky in every place I worked. I was working in Vivon projects. So I wasn't, you know, had the burden of like, you know, maintaining some, you know, right stuff like that was built like five years ago by people who are not even in the company anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, uh, I, I kept my knife sharp uh, in terms of innovation. I've right. you know, had many patents over the time and so forth. Uh, so that helped me out. And that's, you know, what we are looking for here too, mm-hmm. because we are here to innovate. We have to innovate. We have to be better than, you know, other right. you know, giant companies. Otherwise, like, you know, what are we, what are we going to sell, right? Got it. So I imagine you've experienced some turnover. Everyone does. Uh, what I want to know is if you look at the people that you hired that ultimately weren't a fit for you, what did you learn from that? And, and where was the sort of lack of fit overall from, from those people? Yeah, I mean, turnover is a big problem, right? So, you know, especially in a company like this, we invest a lot to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, a, a pro- that's a process that takes a lot of my time and my team's time that, you know, we could or should spend on growing the business. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't grow the business without hiring new people. So you kind of have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I learned out of this process is like, you know, we really need to be like, you know, very thorough about what the job is, explaining mm-hmm. what the job is. Like, this is a startup. Welcome. Uh, this is not your corporate life. The expectations, right. uh, pros and cons here are different. Uh, right. Obviously, we keep and maintain a very professional attitude. Um, you know, you're super like, you know, great on the paper in terms of legally or like HR or, or like financially, all those things are like, you know, same. You can expect this, you can put all those to the same bar. But when it comes to like, you know, job, uh, you know, there will be a lot of ambiguity here. Mm-hmm. Don't be frightened. Like, you know, when you don't know what you're going to work on in two years from now, it is, it will be actually uh, a disaster if you knew what we're going to build in two years. Right. Uh, right. We are a cutting edge AI startup. Like who knows mm-hmm. where things going to take mm-hmm. on at uh, right. that time. So that is like, you know, we need to maybe like you know, communicate com- uh, candidates coming from corporate life or like more stable life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's a different thing. Some some candidates, they come from, um, you know, uh, small businesses. So over there, like, you know, the growth is predictable. And the idea is right. to not to lose users. And you know, if you grow like 10%, that's amazing. Right? So, you know, you know, the expectations in the corporate life is... That you do like you know certain job and that job only and you know you do that job uh, you don't need to innovate. It goes like you know all the way actually like you know the higher echelons in the corporate chain. Uh, uh, sometimes the VP or C level is not necessarily uh, punished for not innovating, but you know maybe they take a risk and fail. That that will be like you know the end of their career in that company. So they are not necessarily incentivized. The com- people are not incentivized to innovate or think out of the box. Um, and that doesn't really match with this, what startup needs. In a startup, we, we need to wear multiple hats. We need to, you know, fill each other's gap. 
uh, and we need to be like an agile. Uh, it's more like you know navy versus a pirate. Um, we need to be pirates here. We need to uh, find the gap. Uh, we need to in the industry, in the technology, and actually build on it. Um, and that when we double down on, we create the new thing. Um, so this is this is a different mindset. And when some some exactly you know, people are spend too much on the corporate life, they kind of like you know are taught to not think. You know, don't think, just do. And that that is really like, you know, the opposite of what we need here. We want people to think. We want people to be critical about the process um, and come up with like, you know, solutions as well as possible. Got it. How do you you describe your culture, Ozan? Well, we are a very flat org with very open culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody is encouraged um, to give feedback to each other about like, you know, how they are thinking, whether positive or negative. And, you know, just, just listen talk about openly and when people say like, Hey, I have this concern about this person. I would like, did you talk with that person first? Mm-hmm. You know, go, you know, we encourage people to work awesome. together. Um, even though we are physically in silos, like working from home, uh, we shouldn't be like, you know, um, a virtual world. Mm-hmm. We are like all in this uh, virtual room, if you like, uh, where we like, you know, can reach out to each other from via Slack or email or, you know, zoom, um, and talk about like you know the concerns because when you have people who know like you know the politics is not gonna get them anywhere mm-hmm. and you know you have people like you know, who knows like you know we are here all about like innovating and building and doing our job better and learning to how to do our job better and when they have like you know see like you know, there's company has a giant potential and they can contribute to it and they will be rewarded for it as you create a different kind of company um we, yeah, this is like what we're trying to create here. Got it. That's terrific. Where are your employees located geographically? In the U.S., Germany, and Turkey mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's expanding into new territories. As we said, we don't want to, you know, uh, go too crazy about it because it's a really difficult challenge to, you know, uh, grow, especially across the state borders. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like really merits of like, you know, seeing different perspectives, um, having p- folks working in different time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are like, you know, really important. So we have employees all the way from Canada to Istanbul. Wow. What's your day to day? Sorry, California to Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's your day to day look like as a leader? Like, how do you spend your time? Well, I wake up usually around eight. Um, uh, when I woke up, I already have some text messages and you know uh, emails waiting for me. That's mm-hmm. you know coming from uh, typically from European time zones mm-hmm. uh, that I need to like you know, read and respond to. I start with those because they're they're already waiting. Mm-hmm. Then we look at I look at my calendar. I'm pretty much booked back booked back to back. I uh, try to, uh, you know, we have daily stand-ups in the team for engineers and for business teams. Right. And they're separate. Um, so they can talk, you know, their individual things. Mm-hmm. Versus like when we come and say like what we did yesterday, what we got to work on t- today and what's blocking us. Um, and then we have like our customer meetings. I try to attend the customer meetings, especially like, you know, the first demos or technical conversations. Yeah. We have a large partnership organization. We work with partners. We talked about, you know, how we can go to market together. Mm-hmm. How we can particularly address a customer, you know, scenario that they faced. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, it's, you know, about hiring. And mm-hmm. I do, you know, get to write code sometimes, uh, day by day. 
not day by day, but like, you know, there are some things that I really mm-hmm. don't want to disrupt my engineers and just go and like, you know, quickly mm-hmm. fix those things. Um, and you know, the day really, really stops here when I want to stop. <laughs> uh, sometimes like, you know, it goes all the way to midnight, but yeah. I'm actually not even, you know, worried about it. I really like what I'm doing. Right. I, I have this great joy of working in a startup, mm-hmm. building something new and, you know, uh, being the being the, the new and upcoming AI company that is uh, growing like you know eight x year over year, mm-hmm. and actually like you know competing and winning against like the giants in this industry, so yeah. it keeps me like you know really happy and excited. That's fantastic. So it, it, you you know you started the comp. Did you start the com- company fully remote, or did you have any sense in you know that you wanted to build an office, an actual location? For people to be yeah we had an office back in the time uh it was in uh, brooklyn there's a place called new lab uh it's a uh, it's, it's been pretty beautiful it's you know there are drones and you know 3d printers and you know, all of like you know cool stuff that's uh, so a very beautiful place and we used that office for about like you know six months however the location did not suit us very well. It was a Brooklyn, so people from Jersey could not come there. If you know New York mm-hmm. area, um, it was it was difficult for them. So then we thought about then the Omicron came, and yeah. that at that time people did not want to come come yeah. to the office in yeah. any case. And once it's over, we were like so like enjoying yeah. <laughs> working from home. Yeah, uh, it was working better for family with friends with families. Um, so we decided, like, you know, let's keep it that way. Got it. We do offer, however, for, you know, free office subscriptions, like, you know, we work mm-hmm. style, like, places for anyone who wants to go to the office. Because for some people, they, they really can concentrate in an office. As I say, maybe they don't have a big house or, you know, they have a small kid and so forth. Yeah. So they want to, like, separate us. So that's, that's all good. We understand uh, that and we try to help. We try to create basically the environment that uh, where they're going to be like most successful and productive yeah, what they need. and happy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. super important. So, if somebody listening uh, to this uh, conversation is, you know, excited about what you're doing, loves what they're hearing, and they're thinking, "Boy, this is a company I'd really love to, uh, you know, investigate working for." What should they do? So we have the careers website on our website. So our website is www.base64.ai. Um, and on our website, there's careers website. There's also a contact us page. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I look at my LinkedIn every day. So mm-hmm. just drop me a message if that's all mm-hmm. that difficult. Uh, I'd love to like, learn more about, mm-hmm. you know, what their intentions are, mm-hmm. what, what their backgrounds are, what they want to build going forward. Um, and we are hiring in all quarters from marketing to sales to engineering. Um, so we are open to like, you know, uh, the, you know, people who want to innovate with us. Mm -hmm. Um, the final thing I want to ask you is, and I mentioned this, uh, in the introduction is that you're really excited about the no code revolution, right? Right. Tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit more about that and you know, what you, why you think this is such a great thing. Yeah, I think like, you know, no codes will be um, the most important changes in this decade or mm-hmm. ne- and next. Yeah. Um, so here's the trick. So, you know, when it was like 1980s, not many people have actually touched computers, right? So mm-hmm. there were, there was something there <laughs> and for like, you know, very, very few select people. And now 
you know, by 2000, pretty much everybody had, you know, an, an access to a PC or, um, or they can like, you know, do something with it. And now in 2022, I probably wouldn't hire somebody who has not <laughs> tried using a computer, right? right. That's like a, a mandatory skill mm-hmm. to be able to like, you know, send an email or create a calendar. Right. Right? Like, it is just almost like, you know, being illiterate in one sense if mm-hmm. you don't if you don't know how to do those things right um so going forward this is going to be programming basically you can say that too but how you get and programming is one of the most difficult uh tasks for right. humans so one of the most difficult job that's you know uh it takes years to learn and practice and i've been doing this for 25 years almost and i'm still learning something right so it's it's a very, very challenging thing. So how we can make everybody a programmer? So Excel, for instance, did that with their macros, right, and formulas. So it has helped a lot of, like, you know, people, especially with business education background, like, you know, to do, you know, good things with that. Mm-hmm. So that was um, sort of like, a, a, a you know, low code, they used to code. Like, you just do, like, just yeah, right. lines sure. of things. No code. Like you create something. <laughs> Yeah, sure. But in the future, this is going to go to no code where you just point and click and do things. So, for instance, you know, with Basic C4AI, you can come in and say, like, you know, hi, I have files in Dropbox and I keep adding files there. When you process them, if they're invoice, please put in why QuickBooks as new invoices. If they are not, you know, there's this Google sheet. I want you to add roles to them. I want to see, like, you know, what the hell they were. Mm-hmm. So to do program this, before Base 64, you will need an army of engineers right. to, to do this. And it will take, like, maybe a year or more to build this entire thing mm-hmm. with them, uh, if you can. <laughs> but now, with Base 64, you just, like, you know, click, 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 and you're done. And, like, you know, That's a minute good. with all those things. So that is no code. Yeah, it's like, you know, building things for non-engineers. Yeah. Kind of engineers are like, I will say, like, you know, because just because I can, I know software engineering doesn't mean I have to code every, my right, way through. Right, I, I like to, you know, use the, whatever's available. That's part of my job to pick yeah. the right tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so building those things so that we don't need to uh, re- reinvent the wheel every time. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be like, you know, the next computer literacy yeah basically we you know we will ask i'm pretty sure by the end of the decade like you know the candidates to build this automation that is mentioned that will be like you know very straightforward that is uh you know how i think like you know the, the world's gonna evolve into and yeah. we are part of it uh as it comes like you know if your process touches the documents, we are here to read them, we understand them. Now we can actually read the documents back uh, with text to speech. Um, anything that can touch this document, we want to be one of those blocks that you put in your flow or does no good thing. That is our uh, vision. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for talking a little bit about that. So, uh, with that, Ozan Bilgin, uh, founder and CEO of Base64 AI, thanks so much for being with me. This was a really interesting education for me. I appreciate it. Oh, it was lovely talking to you, Carol. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And 
If you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.